Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, Kevin, this is going to be different now. First of all, you're going to get to be on site, which I'm sure you're excited about. And as the draft comes up, and even during the season, how much personal scouting do you do? I know Jerry Fortin does a lot and you talk to the scouts and him a lot, but how much personal scouting do you do? Uh, yeah, more now as the, as you get closer to the draft. But what I, what I like to do is, um, read the reports, understand kind of what's going on from our, from our, you know, both amateur and pro, but from the amateur side, um, we do mid amateur meetings. So I get a pretty good lay of the land midway through the season and after that meeting is when I start to either go and watch live and pick certain players or I'm watching a lot of video, whether I download on the plane and when I have time. Then um, as we get those these last few weeks leading up to the draft, it's it's a lot. You know, I'm going back over players. Um, so by this time now, I feel that I'm, I'm as prepared as I can be. Are you popular right now? You have three first-round picks. Are there a lot of teams calling, asking you about them? Yeah, no, there are a lot of conversations going on right now. Um, I mean, it's super unique the way I look at this to have a top 10 pick, have a middle of the first round pick, have a late first round pick, have pick 41, which is, you know, another good pick. So, yeah, I, I, maybe we are popular. Um, but I've also made it clear that to every everyone in the league that, you know, we're open, you know, to discussions. We're open to trying to move up. We're open to moving back. Um, we're open to – a trade that involves, you know, something more unique or different. So, I mean, we're having all those conversations right now. Um, but it definitely having three first-round uh, picks puts you in a position where you're going to be involved in a lot of conversations. So it's, it's a busy time. Are you looking forward to being on site with all the rest of the teams and GMs? I am. You know, I, this is my third draft as general manager, but first in person. You know, we've had the last two drafts. I've been here in the war room in Buffalo and – there's probably advantages and disadvantages to both, but I could probably tell you a better answer in a couple of weeks. But I am looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to just, you know, being with people and just the, the flow of that. Um, but I, what I am have to be aware of is, you know, I like to have my notes all over in front of me, and that's what I've done the last two years, and I certainly can't do that with all the stuff that's going on. So um, I have to figure out a new system uh, in a couple of weeks. 
Now, last year, four Russians that you've taken, and you know our world has changed since then. Will that make you guys maybe think differently when it comes to drafting Russians this year? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, Paul, you, it has to at least, you know, be a discussion because you can't just ignore it, um, what's going on in the world and, you know, all of the challenges, um, you know, that's certainly much more important than hockey that some of these, uh, you know, people are going through. So it's a conversation. But what I've asked our scouts to do is is don't worry about where players are from. Let's let's put our list together um, and evaluate them as hockey players. Then we can always put a little asterisk or make a decision. And um, so I do think it'll come into play as we go through our, our list and our order. Um, but what I don't want to do is miss an opportunity if we think there's great value, you know, so we have to be open to that. You signed more players from last year's draft than I've seen in a while. How come? Well, I think um, there's a couple reasons. We, you know, certainly with like a player like Kisikoff, um, he approached us, wanted to come over. Um, and even though he's only a year out, it's great to get a player like that over here. And we're working on that now. Um, hopefully he's here for development camp. Um, and if not, he should be ready to go at the start of the season. Um, but I think, you know, every draft's a little bit different. Obviously, you know, when you have um, players like Power and Rosine, you know, in the first round, um, you know, Power jumps right into our lineup. Rosine now can come over and get a taste in North America. So that maybe just changes the timing of it a little bit. But we're excited about the draft class um, the last two years that we've had. Um, but, you know, even a player like uh, Kozak um, that was a seventh-round pick last year had a really strong year. And, you know, he's, he, he's older. So if we end up getting him under contract, which we haven't done yet, he could potentially be in Rochester. So some of that plays into it. Um, guys like Nadeau and Bloom would have another year of junior left. But they're, we just feel like they, they performed really well. Let's, take, let's, let's reward them for the play they had and get them in our system. Is Nadeau a guy, and it's a guy we've been able to see recently, is he a guy that's really improved since you've even drafted him he, in the past year? Yeah, he has. I mean, just watching him from even where we were at, you know, rookie camp. And, you know, you saw the attributes, that the size and strength and um, ability to play a real – the details of his game are really good. Um, but, you know, he's produced offensively. You know, he's, he knows he needs to continue to work on his foot speed, but um, he's turned himself into a really good prospect. When I look at the plan that you've outlined many times to us, how you want to build this organization and build this team, I look at the Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, and what they did. And we can even start with the coach. I mean, they hired a career coach, but he had never been in the NHL as a coach. He never played in the NHL. You've got the same thing. And even as I watch Colorado play and the things that Bednar says, I see a lot of similarities between the coaches and the plan, how you guys want to execute becoming the team that you want to be. It seems like maybe it was similar to what Colorado did. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly a good uh, organization to, um, you know, kind of, uh, if you want to call it, you know, it's a copycat league, but to kind of take certain things from. Um, but what I think is really, Joe Sackick said something after the, they won the Stanley Cup that I thought was um, telling. You know, they asked him about five years ago, you were in last place. And he said, yeah, we were, but I knew we had really good young players and we had to, you know, stick with it. And I, I believe that's so important. You know, we want to draft well here. We need to develop our own players, and then we need to retain the players that uh, we want to move forward with to, to compete for Stanley Cups. You know, I do think that's, you know, it's the, the patience that you need sometimes, and I give Joe and the, the Colorado staff a lot of credit. You know, they made some tweaks here and there, but they didn't 
They didn't change coaches. They didn't make you know big, huge decisions after they lost a couple times in the playoffs. They stuck with their plan. Um, and we have a plan. We're going to stick with it. We're going to be disciplined. And I just, I really believe that you can make some trades here to tweak things. You can, you know, add a free agent here or there to maybe round out your group. But ultimately, the strength of your core needs to come from drafting really well and developing your own players. One young goalie that will be in the organization this next year, you have two in college, is Lukanen. Am I the only one that thinks he's going to be one of your goalies next year? Every <laughs> single person I talk to, whether it's media or whatever, thinks he's starting in Rochester. I think he's going to be one of your two goalies next year. What is your plan? Well, I can't you know, tell you exactly my plan yet, but I, I do believe um, in the progress that UPL made this year was real. You know, with his games he played here in Buffalo, um, he gave our team confidence. He was strong. His presence was good. Um, I really liked his um, – Sorry, way to say it. I really liked his compete and battle in Rochester in the games I was at. You know, if, if something happened and didn't go well, it didn't spiral him down. You know, he fought through it, which is part of being uh, maturing as a young goalie. He's had trouble staying healthy a little bit over the two, three years. So that's the one thing, you know, how do we make sure he gets the games that he needs to keep developing? That's the one thing we talk about internally a lot. But we're really excited about UPL. We think he's going to be a really good goalie for us. I know there's probably some things you gave him, too to work on during the summer that maybe will help him from an injury standpoint, aren't there? There are. And actually, to that point, um, you know, when I, I talked to him a couple weeks ago, just checking in with him see how he was doing, and, you know, he made the comment that he's so excited to be able to train the right way this summer because this is the first summer in three years that he's healthy. You know, because even though he was injured at the end of the year, if we had won that playoff game in Rochester, it looked like he was going in the net the next game. He had just gotten himself fully cleared. So he feels like I'm 100%. I can train the right way, which I do think, you know, having been a former player, when your summer's a little messed up and you're not quite training the right way, it can, it can affect you in the season. So that's something we're hopeful that he'll, you know, come in here in September and be ready to go. Now, when and if your college goaltender's signed, they're still going to need some development. I Swayman, yes, he didn't have much in the – but that's, that's an outlier. Usually a goaltender needs some development. So as you look for a goalie through a trade or a free agent, are you open to a guy that maybe has a two- or three-year contract or giving him a two- or three-year contract knowing, okay, we got Lucan in, but these other two, they need to develop a little bit? Yeah, I think we'd be open to it. You know what, I, I've said this before, and I, I really do feel strongly that, you know, ultimately um, – the answers of where we're headed um, down the road are internal. You know, I feel really strongly about UPL. Um, I, I, you know, Devin Levi, to me, is um, not just exceptional on the ice, but his the way he carries himself, the way he prepares, even his answer to me about, you know, should I, should I turn pro or should I go back one more year? He wanted the challenge and feel the pressure of being the best goalie in the country and the expectations. I mean, that's the type of kid we're talking about. So I get excited there. Um, you know, but I will, I, I will say that you don't want to rush players either. You know, you want to make sure you're setting them up for long-term success. We don't just throw someone in, um, and then, you know, at risk of, you know, their development. So we'll be careful with that. But, you know, ultimately to answer your question, I think we will be open to what that could look like, but we want to be really smart with how we put our roster together. We don't want to get ourselves in a position where we've compromised on a longer term, um, that could potentially come back to hurt us, whether that's financially or just from a spot, you know, from a roster spot. So 
there's no perfect answer to that, but that's how we're looking at it. That's why I said two or three, not five or six. Because I know you're not going to go get a goalie for a five, six year, year deal. No, and I and honestly, like I just I really believe that you know the way we're doing this is we believe in our core, we believe in how we're rounding it out, we believe in getting players in our system and that want to be here and want to grow up together. Um, you know, we're always going to look at free agents. We're always going to look at what's out there, but um, we're only going to do something that we think makes sense for us. Where does Subban fit in? Well, I mean, from, you know, it's it's hard from a hockey standpoint um, to really give an honest evaluation as a Sabre because we just had him for such a short time. Um, but we had done our homework before we were able to get him. Uh, he's a great athlete. Um, but what I can tell you about as a human being, there doesn't get much better. Um, he's just a really quality person. Uh, we, we've told him and his, you know, his agent at the end of the year that we just, we're going to have some internal dialogue. We're going to kind of see where this all shakes itself out here as we get closer um, to the draft and free agency, and you know, we'll stay in touch with him. When, when you look at Craig Anderson, I, I know what you've said about him and everything, but do you need an answer from him? Do you need an answer from him, let's say, before July 13th rolls around? Yeah, and that's that's been a, you know, we had that conversation starting before the trade deadline, you know, just out of respect for him, where are you at, how are you feeling, had it again late in the season, had it again after the season, um, been talking to him. You know, Craig and I communicate back and forth. Obviously, he has an agent, and I, I talk to him quite a bit, but um, just one-on-one, how are you feeling, where are you at, where are you at mentally. He knows, he understands the situation, but um, I wanted to be respectful. I wanted him to know that, um, you know, we believe in him. We appreciate how he's handled. I, you look at our decor, and you, as talented as they are, you know, you look at all the way through, you know, Bryson and Fitzgerald. I mean, all of those those six guys, your oldest guy is, you know, they're young. They're in their, you know, I think Fitzy might be our oldest one of that group, and he's like 24 or 25. So you want stability around them, um, and Craig understands that. So, um, but, you know, we're getting there. Last time we sat down and chatted, I asked you this question about Eric Patil, and I want to ask you the same question about Ryan Johnson. Has he indicated to you at all that maybe he doesn't see a role in this organization and would like to maybe move on? He hasn't said that to us, um, and I have been very honest. I have a, a good, re- very good relationship with his um, his group, CAA, that uh, represents him. And um, all I've said is we like him as a prospect. We, we, we are happy if he decides to go back to school because he feels it's going to help him better. We're fully supportive of that. But we also would be happy to have a conversation about having him join our organization. Um, they have not indicated that, but I, you know, I've been honest with them as well and say, Hey, if there's, if there's something to talk about, let's sit down. Um, I'm sure I'll get together with his group in Montreal next week and have a little bit more conversation. But when you have players like that, you need honesty, don't you? I mean, because if it does, if they are honest with you and they want to move on or something that gives you an opportunity to explore the trade market and things like that. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, like just the way to operate, you know, first of all, being honest is, is going to put everybody in a better situation and um, it can help both sides, you know? So no, I mean, I've, I've made that clear, not just in his situation, but to many others that, Hey, at the end of the day, um, we're all trying to do the best we can. Um, You know, whether that's the player for what they think is right for their career or whether that's, um, our organization to move ourselves forward. And if we have honest conversations, then that's the key. So um, there'll be more of that coming. Will he be at prospect camp? Uh, that is the plan as of as of last week when we talked. Um, he's invited. He said he was going to be there. So, um, you know, and actually speaking of the development camp, 
you know, we're having everybody come, everybody that's eligible. I just, you know, the more we talked about it internally, even players like Owen Power and Samuelson and Krebs and Quinn and Paterka, they're all going to be there. And I think that's important just from a culture standpoint um, for all these guys to meet each other, to spend a little bit of time. It's less about the on ice for me. It's more about just, you know, everybody getting familiar with the organization. And it's the first development camp we've had now in three years or whatever, just because of COVID and the rules. So um, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be, that'll be a fun few days. I was going to see, you seem genuinely excited about it. Oh, I am. And maybe it's because my first job out of, you know, playing was in player development. And I, I just, I have a passion for, um, you know, the, the development process and players that go from what it means to get your name called on draft day is great. It's a great honor for you. It's a great honor for your family. Um, a lot of hard work, but that's just the start. And I love having those conversations with the young players from day one. You know, here you are, and you're in an NHL building. Um, this is the locker room, but you, there's a lot of work ahead of you. And just helping those players understand that it's a process, and that there's nothing wrong with some adversity along the way. Um, there's nothing wrong with um, having to fight through that to get ultimately to the goal of playing the NHL. And I think that for some players it's a shock because they're so talented when they're young that they've just always been the best player and all of a sudden you look around and be like wow there's a lot of really good players here so I think that's something that I enjoy um, you know and just having those conversations and meeting them as people is it important to have a solution with Victor Olison before arbitration rolls around yeah we definitely like to I mean you know from the arbitration Paul it's like you know it's a it's a tool that's part of the you know, process that at times you just you know it, it happens um, but We've had good communication um, with Claude Lemieux and you know his agent, and just um, made sure he and Victor understand how we feel and where we're at. And um, you know we'll have more talks this week. This week actually, so you know things are progressing there. Do you still feel when you get to unrestricted free agency, especially where your team is right now, that's not the way to go when you're building a team? I mean, would do you think? maybe contracts are regretted two or three years down the road when it comes because if you're going to get an unrestricted free agent a top one you're probably overpaying so so how do you still still feel that way oh uh, yeah i mean i absolutely do and i i know you never want to rule anything out i mean if there's the right situation and we feel that you know even if it was long term but you feel it's exactly where you know you need to go to help your organization then we'd be open to it but what we don't want to do is is be in the habit of trying to overpay to bring someone to Buffalo, whether overpay means dollars or term. Um, we also don't want to, um, what's the right way to say? It? We don't want, we don't, we want players that want to be here for the right reasons. And sometimes free agency, that could be a little skewed. So you got to be careful of that. We don't want to rule anything out, but I, I do think what you said is right. You have to be really careful on free agency. You have to do things that, um, you know, for the right reasons. That's why I go back to the plan we have and drafting and developing and um, retaining your own. And then also part of it is where are you in the makeup of your team? You know, if you're, you know, use Colorado, the Stanley Cup champion, and you think maybe I'm one player away or I'm, I'm one um, piece that might put us over the top, then maybe maybe that's a little bit different. But I think you just have to be careful if you're if you're looking to go to free agency to really you know, take your roster to the next level. I think you have to be very careful of that. Is that what people don't understand when they're looking at, they're looking at maybe this year, well, why can't they go get good draw? Why can't they go get player X? So they got so much money on the cap, but you just talked, you just said it. You're looking at your guys. What if Tage Thompson scores 35 to 40 for the next two years? His contract comes up. 
Rasmus Dahlin's contract comes? What if he, he keeps shooting up? Um, Power, I'm, I'm missing guys. Cousins, Krebs, Tuck signed for a while. You, you, what I'm getting at is these guys are going to be making more than the rookie minimum. So this isn't a permanent situation, is it? No, you nailed it. I mean, I think our focus right now is on, on our own core and our own players, helping them get better, you know, focusing on them to take the next step. And that's not just one or two of them. That's the entire group. So that's where our attention is. That's, you know, Donnie Granato and I talk about that every day. We need to focus on this group. We believe in this group. We really do. We need to get better. We know we need to get better. They need to get better individually. They're excited about that challenge. So what I have to do is make sure that we're putting those players in the best position to continue to get better, not, you know, throw roadblocks in front of them or take ice time away. But, you know, so that's what you have to be careful of. And um, you said it the right way. You know, there is a time where we look at this window right now. We are young. We have a lot of players in entry-level contracts. Um, you look at the cap and all that, you know, just by the nature of where we're at, you know, that's how it works. But there is a time coming um, very quickly that we hope that these players take steps and the salaries are going to increase and um, it'll change really fast. So it's less about going out there and spending money. It's more about how do we make sure this group is taking steps forward. And that's what we're working towards. You saw the competitive fire in a lot of your players last year, especially those last 28, 29 games where you were one of the better teams in the league when you see Colorado win the cup are you hoping Rasmus Dahlin's watching and Dylan Cousins is watching and Krebs is watching and they just have this fire when they see that team hoist the cup up I do because there is nothing like it you know I mean I sat there um just tears in my eyes the other night just just well, one, because I just I love this game so much and I have so much respect for the the entire um, game of hockey and what it means and what that trophy means and how hard it is to win. And you watch the last five minutes of that game and guys are selling out and blocking shots and doing whatever they can to put their hands on that trophy. I and mean, it's so special. Um, but what I think about is, is our players see that, um, how, how hard it is to win and how much you have to put into it. And our guys, I can see it in their eyes. They want that. You know, they, they elevated this year in terms of the compete and the challenges they were faced. They took it head on, and that's the makeup you need. And then they also didn't want to let each other down. And that's the makeup of another, another type of championship team when you get players that care so much about each other that they, I have to do my part because I am not letting that guy down next to me. And I saw signs of that. And I even saw signs of that early in the year before, you know, the results were coming. So um, that's really important for us moving forward. But Absolutely. Well, there is nothing like playoff hockey. It is, it is special. There's nothing like Stanley Cup final as a player and the feeling that you get driving to the rink. And I, I certainly hope our players were watching, um, and I know they were. And, you know, that's, what's, that's what we're working toward every day. We have a long way to go, um, but we're going we're gonna to work hard. And what I dream about is putting this organization in that position to be competing for that and what it would mean to this organization, to the city. Um, you know, it makes it drives me every day. You just reminded me. I, I didn't even write this down. Dylan Cousins. He goes to the World Championship for Canada. First shift, he's on a left wing. I'm going, left wing? I don't remember him playing left wing at all for you. Right wing and center. And he creates a scoring chance in five seconds. And then gets another one before that shift is over. And he leads the tournament in goals, playing left wing the whole time. I mean, what? 
I'm sure you were happy to see that, but were you surprised considering he started on the left wing and then he started on their top line? Well, yeah. I mean, I think in some ways it was tremendous just to be able to have the versatility. It gives Donnie options. You know, you look at um, you look at Tage, you look at Cousins, you look at Krebs, you look at Middlestad. You know, any one of those guys, if they needed to, could slide to the wing. Um, and it doesn't even mean they're wingers. It just might be for a game or for a period. I think versatility is great. The other thing about, honestly, what Dylan did at the World Championships that I really love is when I talked to him at the end of the year about how he was feeling, I was fully supportive of him going. I think it's great when players play in international competition. But I said, uh, my question to him was, you know, why? Why do you want to go? And he said, because I want to work on my, my scoring touch. He said, I, I know I was getting a lot of scoring chances. I was not finishing, and I'm not happy about it. He goes over there and, you know, whatever, he's in the top end goals or one of the top end goals in the tournament. So I think to have the mindset of what he was focused on and then to produce, um, it says a lot about him, but it does get you excited for what, you know, what's to come with him. It did make me smile because fans on Twitter want you to trade for a center now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. I'm glad you're, you're going to keep me posted. So, you know what? It's, they like that line. Yeah, they like that line. Yeah, well, understood. Yeah, they were pretty good for sure. Thanks so much, Kevin. Yeah. Good luck at the draft. No problem. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.